I'll tell you one thing, and I'm not ashamed to say it. My estimation of John Sacramoni as a man just fucking plummeted. Give him a break, will you? It's an emotional day. To cry like a woman? It's a fucking disgrace. His fucking coach turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> well, even Cinderella didn't cry. Look, when it comes to daughters, all bets are off. I've seen tougher guys than John cry at weddings. Well, let me ask you this. If they can make him cry, and if he's that weak, what the fuck else can they make him do? I gotta agree with Phil, though. Oh, you do, do you? Ah, even Cinderella didn't cry. I don't think there's been a better line reading than that. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. Uh, my name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 70 episodes of The Sopranos, <laughs> and we've finally reached Season 6, Episode 5, Mr. and Mrs. John Sacramoni Request, dot, dot, dot. Um, big, big wedding, big wedding, but who who put this thing together, Jim? It's such a big production. All these invites, everything, who made it happen? Uh, this episode was written by Terrence Winter, who's a Soprano's mainstay, and was directed by good old Steve Buscemi. That's right, Tony Egg himself has returned mm. uh, back behind the camera to direct this episode. Uh, so yeah, dream team, if you will. Very good. So this episode, it uh, basically is like we're back to the Sopranos now. Kind of feels like because it's like oh, it's the Sopranos, and very much for Tony as well. He he's back to business. You know, that's how we kind of start out. He's he's limping a bit, but it's like oh, he's back to it and has to reestablish his cred and everything. And uh, yeah, kind of gets us into the swing of things post Junior shootout. Um, what did you think of this episode, just overall, Jim? Overall, I liked it quite a bit, and um, I always forget, like, they kind of seemingly pack so much in one episode, and I feel like this is one of those where if it, even though it seems like it just takes place across this wedding, but, like, a lot yeah. happens, um, and I mean, especially, like, not that we're getting into beats, but I guess maybe we're getting into beats already, but, like, the beginning threw me off because it has the bizarre, like... It opens on the invitation, and we see Rusty again. It's like, remember Rusty? Remember, like, back in the ancient days of season five when, uh, you know, there was the whole the battle for the boss or whatever, and then it does a weird six weeks later? And it, like, took yeah. me a minute to realize, like, oh, yeah, this is a nice way to kind of skip along ahead with Tony's, uh, you know, health stuff as well. You know, it's a nice... Yeah easy way it ties in with everything it's something they have mentioned is coming up but it's a nice way to pass some time even though at the beginning it threw me off because it's like what what is going on yeah i think it's mentioned at some point like that tony's been out for a couple of months or whatever i think um but you know who's not out mr uh, john sacramenti or whatever his name is uh, he is not out sacramony still yeah, exactly. Sorry. Uh, he, he's still in the can. And like you said, it, start, it starts like, do you remember Rusty? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Sorry. Um, but, you know, it all makes sense by the end. Uh, like you said, we skip ahead six weeks and we see him uh, get a suit. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's the suit for the wedding. But no, it's the suit for the hearing to get permission to go to the wedding. Showing you a bit of the, um, you know, the, the hoops you have to jump through to get this sort of thing approved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know a lot about um, Irish court or Swedish court, wherever you've been, uh, been when you've been picked up by the law, Mr. Jacob Burrows. 
But yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's a whole thing of an image. Like if you go into a courtroom in your prison blues or your prison orange, it's like cast the aura of you being a criminal. So it's all about putting on a suit. He's just another guy coming into court to request some time off to go to his daughter's wedding. Makes sense. Um, what about, so like from what I learned from television is you can make bail and then you can go and not be in, in lockup while you're waiting tr for trial, but they can do choose not to do that if you're a flight risk. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. And I think with Johnny Sack, um, I, I don't know if it has to do with the type of charges that, that, that are against him where mm. he wouldn't be given bail or even like a uncle junior, house arrest type situation where, yeah, I, I believe he, he'd, he'd be a flight risk or someone that could try to disappear or even make uh, potential witnesses or, or what have you disappear or, or just operate his business in general if he's not right. behind bars. So uh, with the, since you mentioned Swedish court, I only asked this because everyone really got really upset about ASAP Rocky, didn't they? Oh, they yes. really annoyed about that. Yeah. Well, actually, before you get into that, so do Swedish court, do they wear the wigs, the powdered wigs? They do, right? Yeah, they do. No, no, just say they no, do. We don't yeah, they do. They no, wear powdered wigs. Sorry. Yeah, every court except uh, the good old US of A wears powdered wigs. We all know this. <laughs> uh, it's not a thing. I'm sorry, Jim. I know you, you want to hold this uh, perception of us, but uh, and also you want to pick on me, but neither of those will be accepted in this uh, scenario. Uh, we don't have any of them. We also don't have like fancy courtrooms like this one with big seals and flags. And it's just like, well, maybe there's a flag. I don't know. But like, it's just a very boring, better call Saul courtroom at most. And I don't think there's even like a podium for the judge. There's just a bunch of tables sort of thing. So yeah, imagine I, that. I mean, I would say probably most courts even here are not like what you see on TV anyways. It's just what? That's, Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of what, what you see on TV. So every TV show has it. Uh, yeah. So I was just saying, if they're not letting uh, John out, why should we let ASAP out? I'm, yes. I'm taking a hard stance here. And, like, he was a flight risk. He'd just leave the country. Why the fuck wouldn't he? <laughs> well, uh, and, and I mean, I don't know how much of our listeners even care about that. But what was what was the point of view in Sweden on you guys keeping ASAP Rocky hostage uh, right. over ridiculousness? Use of words. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he was suspected of committing a crime. So uh, they put him on trial. It was fairly quick, and we don't necessarily have fairly a quick. Like you do. Wasn't it like a yeah. month? Yeah, I, I people are waiting for trials for longer, according to your American television shows. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that if we had Swedish uh, RuPaul or something, uh, <laughs> keep them? <laughs> anyways, yeah. Back to Sopranos. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Johnny does get the approval, which is it's. It's. I feel like it's a reasonable request, but also it's a uh, reasonable answer too. He's gonna he's gonna foot the bill. He needs to have uh, marshals with him or whatever to make sure he yeah. doesn't just take off. I feel like everything's kind of reasonable, even though like later on they're like John's gonna fit this bill, and it's like yeah, of course, because most normal people wouldn't get this anyways. So that's what happens. Yes. In a weird way, I, I kind of sympathize with uh, Meadow's later very biased point of view, which is that like her family and people in her sort of group are like, do uh, you think they do this to just anyone? Like, um, say, I think she says something along the lines of, uh, 
uh like you're well yeah just you're innocent until proven guilty and yet you have to spend all this money to be able to go to a wedding and all that but uh yeah like you said it all seems kind of reasonable and he's kind of happy with it not realizing at the mo at the time uh how much is gonna have an impact on the day yes yeah um hold on one second this dumb thing uh okay so yeah then we have uh we meet muscles marinara which is uh, Tony's new driver. I forget his actual name. I, they do call him Muscles Marinara at one point. Uh, I didn't just make that up as like a racist way to describe him. Uh, I forget his, his, his real name. But it's yeah. Perry Anu oh, Anunanzi. Yeah, yeah an Anunucci or something like that. I'm really showing my colors today, huh, with the names. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, well, you, you had the name before. Yeah. Oh, uh, Anunziata. Perry on and Ziada. But yeah, he comes to pick up Tony because, yeah, it's Tony's first day at work. Carmela makes the cra like the comment like, oh, it's like, you know, you're heading off to first grade or something. And, you know, she's the mom sending him off to school because like the common thing throughout this episode is basically image. And it's all about, uh, I guess, perception and I guess maybe being that alpha because between uh, or what's considered like the masculine alpha between Tony Johnny, and then to another extent, Vito, uh, as we see. Yes. And so, yeah, he's he's in the car with uh, Perry, or Muscles, we'll call him, <laughs> and kind of talking about, yeah, there was a time I could bench, like, a lot, or and, you know, what do you bench, bro? And so <laughs> already looking at his muscles, which features heavily uh, later on. Um, so they get cut off in traffic, and, yeah, Muscles is pretty hot-headed about it. He's about to fight some, some roof uh layers or whatever and uh tony's like wait wait come on but he's also like Haha, this guy this fucking guy <laughs> yeah this is great <laughs> just like a just like, reminds me of me <laughs> yes a young myself <laughs> uh and yeah i mean tony's also like when he's asking those questions there's definitely some insecurity as well like already even before thinking about how he looks in front of everyone else like because i feel like he's like like you said, they, they show him peeking at his muscles and then asking him about benching and then talking about how he's gone to the gym and stuff like that. You know, he's got a he's becoming an old, weak, frail man. Let's let's not uh, beat around the bush here. <laughs> yeah. And interestingly, he's not actually driving him to work. As far as I can tell, he's driving yeah. him to his therapist. That's right. <laughs> Um, um so gotta gotta love tony's opening line of like any chance of a mercy fuck and they're both kind of like ha 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 and then oh, you think about their history and they're like ha ha weird <laughs> but funny it's funny how how things have changed over the years yes yeah uh and what are they kind of getting into here besides i mean i remember the mercy fuck what does he tell he talks about like nightmares well, and oh go ahead yeah, she kind of wants to dig at this thing that he got shot by his uncle, and Tony, as he's wont to do, kind of clams up. But in a way, it's not that he's unwilling to discuss it. It's more that, like, he has been carried by this great wind of uh, being happy to be alive all of a sudden, um, and he's not going to go around in pity for himself, whatever. I'm pretty sure he quotes it at some point uh, yeah. in this. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, he, he's just... Seems kind of smiley, kind of happy, and she's digging for negative stuff. Um, and, yeah, he just wants to uh, pick up. And he, he wants to talk about AJ, how AJ's flunked out of school. And that's what they get into, which is that, um, like, he thinks he, AJ's a loser for working at Blockbuster. And um, so 
Melfi kind of tries to angle it more like, isn't it kind of a good thing that he's not? Like, because he was at one point trying to buy a gun to get revenge. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Not that Tony knows that, but like, uh, she gets into that and Tony wants to describe this thing with Junior as like, I got caught in a dis- domestic, you know, uh, disturbance or whatever. Uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah victim of domestic anyway. abuse or domestic violence. Yeah. You know, you don't think yeah. it'll happen to you. Uh, I, I don't. I forget if it's here or not. But when they kind of bring up, um, you know, this is the second time, and he's almost kind of saying like, uh, you know, you warned me. I feel really bad that, and I, I mean, I guess Melfi wouldn't know the extent of this. That no one kind of understands that Junior's not Junior. Like they're just take. People are are just immediately like, well, Junior tried to kill Tony again. Like this was yeah. his his master plan all along was to be on house arrest and hope that he could get Tony alone one night so he could shoot him. Like, uh, I mean, I guess it's it's easier to to for me to say that when I didn't get shot by Junior, but you know, have some compassion and understanding for this poor man, this poor old man who's not himself. But, you know, yeah. I'm sure they'll get into that more uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and Melfi, like we mentioned, she's sort of trying to say that maybe this is a way for AJ to learn from your mistakes, which is a bit harsh, but she's saying that, like, you know, the the ready abundance of weapons, uh, the ease of going to violence, the things people do, and your crew, maybe it's not the worst thing to work at Blockbuster, and he does sort of reluctantly agree that, yeah, there are worse things he could do than work at Blockbuster, but I, or worse ways to make money. But I feel like he's thinking more like, you could be like, uh, you know, doing something that, uh, you, you could be even worse of a piece of shit. Like, you work at McDonald's. That would be <laughs> yeah, even worse. Yeah. I feel like that's still what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah. But also, I don't, I don't quite love her logic anyways, because it's still more of a path to being like Tony than if he just stayed in school and did better, you know? Like, Tony also flunked out of school. Uh, and, you know, but, yeah, splitting hairs here. Because um, then what? We have Tony at Satrielli's after with uh, yes. the, the, the gangs all there. Uh, they start comparing scars at one point. Oh, they give Tony one of his uh, little sandwiches, but what, they have to take the onions out or something because, you know, he, he's got to watch what he eats a little bit more now. He's got a little sensitive tummy. Uh, and I like that there's moments, I think Silvio, uh, Silvio does what I've seen Tony do a million times because Tony's in, like, medical mode. So he's just talking about whether it be the drugs they got him on or what he can't eat or dealing with this and that. And Silvio's like trying to change the subject because no one else that's not going through that shit wants to hear about that shit. And I've seen Tony do a similar thing whenever someone gets into their shit. It's like, yeah, no one wants to hear that. We don't want to hear about sickness and death because you know, it's all it's, it's right. It's, it's everyone's chip. It's a chip on everyone's shoulder, but we don't want to be reminded of it. All right. So take your fucking morbid shit and keep it to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely heard Tony do that. Like, someone starts talking about their family health or whatever, and he's like, oh, but you're good now, and sort of pats him on the shoulder. Um, But yeah, so he gets cut off. Like, the interesting thing about the scene is that everyone's sort of rushing to help him, and like, you know, we got you this. Oh, we're going to give you a big cushion to sit on. Not not that they do that, but basically that's what they're doing, which is going to negatively affect his... um, 
you know, image is standing as he later realizes. There's also this character who's like, I want it. I could, a different life, I could have worked in healthcare. And I'm like, who's this guy? I don't remember him <clears throat> speaking before, but maybe yeah. he did. I'm not sure. Yeah, the guy is talking about how he took care of his mother. And, you know, yeah. he kind of helps Tony later, too. Yeah, I don't, I think I vaguely remember him being in scenes. But, yeah, I don't remember him having lines or much to do beforehand, either. Hmm. Yes, so let's have a look here. Yeah, he uh, he obviously kind of gets to win the the poker game, as we see as well. Uh, so that's another aspect. But before we get to that, uh, we have a couple of court-related scenes. We have the one where Junior's new lawyer is trying to get him, I don't know, to go so to, to get to go somewhere to be uh, taken care of rather than you know just locked up because he's not all there. And, uh, yeah, this shows up in a newspaper later, and uh, <laughs> it's like you said, he, he isn't really there. We, yeah. he, like, I, But to the outside world, they don't know that. <laughs> so if you just see a headline about some big mafia boss uh, being you know, put away for mental care or whatever, you'd go like, ugh, sure, sure he is. Yeah, well, and especially because, I mean, even as the audience, we've seen Junior play with this a bit before. Um, where it was a kind of is he or isn't he, but it was more, yeah. it was more, isn't he at that point? And now it's like fully, oh uh, no, he's not there. Like, or he has flashes, but you know, th- this is kind of a man that needs to be taken care of. Yeah. And we also see John planning, uh, or being part of the planning of the wedding. It's clear that he has like uh a stake in in what's going on um because he's like oh these people can't sit next to these people and whatever and uh yeah it's all very important stressing out the bride but yeah it's all you know it, it ends quite sweetly with him going like yeah uh you know i only care about is my family and that includes you eric yeah. um <laughs> the new kid on the block yeah yeah and it, it's just kind of a fun um it's a scene you could see, you know, whether it be in real life or even just some rom-com or whatever of like, the oh, the the politics of the family, who can sit with who? But it's done in a visitation room of a maximum security prison. And everyone has to yeah. stop at a moment when he fucking has one of his vintage Johnny sack where his voice gets to get really loud because he gets really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so back to the poker game, Phil Leotardo shows up. And he wants to have a chat, and Tony agrees to go outside. And apparently, like, there's no chance of surveillance if you go outside the place where you're at all the time. Yeah. Uh, this is something we come back to again and again. Like, sometimes it's like, oh, we got to play music or whatever. And sometimes it's like, ah, we'll just take a walk. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so uh, Johnny wants to knock off Rusty. That's why we saw him at the beginning. And it comes together a bit here that that's the plan. And Tony, um, you know, he, he doesn't see what's in it for him, really. Which makes complete sense. Like, it it really, like, you know, why does Tony need to get, be involved in this bullshit again? I mean, I know he already indirectly involved himself by, you know, going to Carmine initially way back when, when it was, what, the Ralphie situation or whatever. But it's yeah. like, he doesn't need to deal with this. Uh, but John is trying to shield himself because, again, I guess he's, what, another captain or something, and this could make it look make him look bad so yeah you know just typical mafia politics going on here yeah um so with tony coming back from his first day at school uh he's having (laughs) just a little trouble walking up the stairs and he's really tired 
and takes a nap with Carmela, which is uh, really nice and sweet, actually. Yeah, yeah. Then we cut to what, like a back room of a strip club where, <laughs> where Chris Chris is there and his uh, his his Arab friends show up, uh, where he's se- he's selling them stolen credit card numbers. We get hilarious back and forth where he makes a reference to don't leave home without it. Like the credit card commercial. They don't understand what he his reference, uh, yeah. you know, uh, cultural difference, differences. This is great. But then they casually um, ask yeah. for some tech nine uh, guns. So there is like, wait, are we, you know, are we helping terrorism or by just thinking that you're helping terrorism? Is that racist just because they happen to be Middle Eastern descent? But then who knows anymore? Who knows? Indeed, I mean, if uh, if there were Swedish uh, mobsters, they would all, also not understand this commercial. They go, we don't know what <laughs> this uh, card is for. We only use Visa, and they, even that's uh, not very much. Um, so yeah, and he, and they brought some dates for uh, for Tony or whatever. It's like, oh great, there is a cultural clash here because we don't understand. But yeah, they want some automatic rifle uh, rifles, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think he agrees to it. Uh, it's not he's on the phone. He's too busy. Yeah, it doesn't uh, really give us a definitive answer. But I, I I think it's just there to give us the like. I it's a classic Sopranos, especially at the time. Well, this wasn't too close to 9-11 at this point this was like 2006 i think um but you know they they love throwing up little like is it a red herring is it something there that they're gonna pay off later but yeah he gets a call they don't really give us definitive answer Uh, i mean but they're definitely playing with something because what christopher had that conversation with one of the agents who had been who had come back from being in the Middle East and they're talking about yeah. terrorism, blah blah blah. It was a, especially it's a big thing in America. Uh, what is the headline here when Carm goes to get the oh Don Squirrel Squirrelione? <laughs> yes, cushy cyclo cup for Don Squirrelione. <laughs> I love that. Uh, to to whether it be Terrence Winter or if they had to be in the writers room, like throwing out different headlines, uh, they picked yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Carmela rushes out to get it because she's gotten a, a call that that's going on. It doesn't really feature much in the rest of the episode, though, except we do see him eventually uh, arrive in that place. Um, more importantly, it's time for the wedding. And Johnny gets a, a visit from these um, marshals who he's paying to escort him there and back. And, yeah, he, uh, he so, so Johnny doesn't really even, like, acknowledge them as people, which... Yeah. Might be part of the problem. Like maybe if he'd done that, it would have gone better. But then maybe that would have just been seen as trying to, uh, you know, uh, sugar him up, uh, butter him up, I should say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, either he's, way, it doesn't work out. He's complaining later. about the shoes. I don't know anything about suits, so I don't really get what he's getting at there either. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have Tony and Carm doling out some cash for the wedding gift, and they're making notes of who gave, who they gave to who. And Meadow has like some comments about that. And it's just this funny joke of like, okay, well, we need to make sure whatever we give, they have to give like at least that amount. Uh, And then it turns into a tender moment where Tony's talking about how, you know, in this new outlook on life, it's very important for him to be able to see Meadow get married or and hold his grandchildren and stuff like that. It's it's I think it's a very nice, sweet moment. Yeah. And Meadow's kind of (laughs) like, all right. But at least Carmela's like, all right, uh, Mm -hmm. because. 
they do seem more aligned ever since he, you know, got shot. Um, and this is one of those moments where she kind of looks fondly at him. I think actually Meadow gives him more than you're giving her credit for. I think Jamelyn Sigler, like in that scene, she kind of tears up a little bit. Uh, I mean, she doesn't like, (laughs) sorry to call you out, but I was actually impressed watching it because I thought she kind of gives him a lot with very little, uh, on screen, but that's just my, those are my two cents. She does roll her eyes before leaving, though, so I want to <laughs> put that in there, too. <laughs> so it's a bit, a bit of both there. But she's um, tear. She's so, now she doesn't roll her eyes. She flutters her eyes because she's getting teared up. So the, tomato, that tomato, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> All right. Um, so they uh, arrive at this huge line for the wedding because they got, like, airport security to go through, which everyone's complaining about putting their cell phones and, and shit in the tray to go in. Um which I guess makes sense. I mean, he could have been like busted out or whatever, but like it's this is a lot of security as well. But then they are like the biggest mob family. Well, that's I what guess, I was gonna say. Theater. It's hilarious because if any wedding would need it, it's this one. You know, because they are, you know, they're all guilty. Maybe not the wives, but like they're they're all mobsters. Yeah. Uh, but it's just classic. Like the people that are actually part of the problem can then complain like, you believe what we have to deal with? You know, don't these cops get something better to do? Uh, You know, it's the great dichotomy of the Sopranos. It's true. And uh, I mean, at the same time, I I guess I wouldn't put it past some of them to bring a gun to a wedding just in case. Yeah. Like, I also feel like they wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, very true. Um, but it's all basically for us to get this moment with Tony, which is uh, uh, definitely a low point for him in the episode as far as image and everything, where, I mean, airport security is stressful at the best of times, and now he's wearing the suit and sweating, and he's been in line in the sun for a long time and bends over, and I I, I feel like I would feel faint even yeah. without uh, being shot and carved up and all. So, so he kind of wobbles there and almost falls over, and everyone <clears throat> rushes to help him because he's the big boss, but if the big boss can't stand up, how big of a boss can he really be? And don't they? Um, let me double check here. Don't they? Don't we see a quick point of view shot too of Tony like looking at the crowd as they're all looking at him being like kind of helpless here? Uh, I think so. I could just be remembering it, misremembering it here. But I mean, obviously, it's either way. It's an important moment because you know it's going to tie into what happens with Johnny later and how it is. If you're going to be the boss. It's all about perception. Yeah, there's a quick, like, pan. I mean, maybe it's not necessarily, like, point of view. And it's even, like, people we don't really know, but everyone kind of has that look of, like, oh, poor guy, can't even fucking stand up. <laughs> yeah, he can't even... I mean, he's he can't... He's sitting down facing the crowd where everyone else is standing up, and he has to have someone help him take his shoes off. And, yeah, so this is kind of in there to show, obviously, this is frustrating for him in itself, but more importantly... He's aware of how this might affect things uh, already, even if it's not something he's thinking about actively at the time, I think. And then, yeah, so we get to the wedding and everyone's kind of talking bullshit. Like, I, you love how this happens at both funerals and weddings in this show where no one's really there for the thing. There's such big <laughs> parties that they're all like talking about uh, the bride's name. It, doesn't that mean uh, that like a cold medicine he, and so on? Yeah, and what, but Allegra means uh, what in Italian. What the hell is it? Because it, uh, it means merry or something like that or, or happy. And and then Chris is like, what the fuck is that going to do with uh, allergies or cold medicine? So, yeah, great funny stuff. Uh, I forget if Buscemi also, did he direct the, um, maybe he didn't, 
that uh, cookout episode that they had with like the barbecue with uh, or like the grandfather's birthday. Because you get even though this isn't the full episode, because I forget about all the other stuff around it. Um, Mm -hmm. I love when we have these episodes where we get to hang out with everyone hanging out because there's always like little fun comedic moments. Um, and then just seeing the different uh, character interactions that, that you don't always see on the show. Very true. Yeah, I, I'm not sure we could look that up, whether Buscemi was involved there too, but it has a similar feel to it, certainly. Yeah. Because um, we, we get to see all these different people and their sort of views on what's going on. Obviously, the people we just mentioned, just, just trash-talking. Johnny's really happy about the whole situation. Tony's probably... Yeah, I mean, frustrated, and I think he's... I don't know if it's him or Carmilla that's sort of looking over towards Meadow and his boo, or sorry, her boo. Yeah. <laughs> and so on. Um, and we have Vito as well, who's kind of looking at his wife's hand on his and the wedding ring there, which is kind of like a shackle to him, I suppose. Yeah. He doesn't look very happy about it. Uh, let me correct myself. That was directed by John Patterson, but it was written by Michael Imperioli, uh, Christopher right. himself. So I just knew someone from the show was involved in that. But anyways. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we, we get the reception. It's super swanky. Um, and like they point out, like it's either this or, you know, give it to the feds. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. like, fuck it. So they just threw all the money in this, this wedding, which is uh, hilarious. <laughs> I like seafood station <laughs> over there. Uh, and so um, quick question before anything else. Yeah. Um, AJ's girlfriend, different girlfriend, same girlfriend. What's going on? Oh, I didn't notice. Um, I think maybe it is a different girl. I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, is she smoking? It's the girl smoking. Yeah. It's not yeah. the blonde girl because the the last oh. girlfriend I remember, and maybe I'm forgetting someone in between, was that blonde girl who was richer than him. Because I remember yeah. she popped up in a later episode as well. It's the only one I remember. Yeah. Although, yeah, there was this bit where he was <laughs> speaking of. Uh, he was an event planner for a little bit there, <laughs> and then someone mentions that here, and only uh, yeah, that's Tony here, does, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Tony does, and he goes, "Where do you get this shit?" And that's like the second time they've had a thing like that where, uh, yeah, they, that was in this episode. Uh, but th- that was a similar thing to when Tony brought up how at the dinner table, um, AJ brought up like going to West Point or something like that. And then AJ's like, I never said that. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. But that came more from at the time when he brought it up, Tony made fun of him for it. And I kind of feel like that is why he was like, no, I would never would have done that. And I guess that's this is even uh, maybe a little similar because we now have Tony at least pre-coma, uh, was a little bit more homophobic uh, than he is now. Yeah. Um, so Vito shows up, and they're talking about some building contract, and I think the point of this is to underline that Vito's really great and, like, hands him a, an envelope, even though there's all this security here. <laughs> I guess this is the place to do it. Uh, yeah, well, the security is at the door, I guess. But still, well, the marshals there, and they all decide like this is a great time to like talking about murdering people and then and, and giving out uh, giving money and all this shit. Um, but yeah, Vito gets to do that and butter him up a bit, and then uh, Johnny shows up and asks in person through a hilarious set of consequences uh, that he should you know do the do the deed well not that deed the other deed with uh rusty before that though too Vito also doesn't Vito never misses an opportunity to make a comment to finn as well like look at finster over here or whatever he says he always has to make a comment whenever he sees him 
And yeah, I he think says th- that they'll make beautiful grandkids. Yeah. Too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right. This is just kind of to put the exclamation point on the fact that B- Vito is like one of the top guys for Tony. Like he makes he he makes moves, he makes things happen, and he he, he serves up fatty envelopes. Uh, right. And yeah, going back to the when he when Tony has to deal with Johnny Sack here, Sopranos gets to use old people again, and I feel like. Maybe Better Call Saul uh, could could compete with Sopranos with how great and hilarious you use the elderly. Uh, because Sopranos, I've commented on it many times, I love how they have aloof, like, confused old people. I mean, in, yeah. in an in a Uncle June sense, it's, like, heartbreaking. But then in a, you know, a wacky little cover uh, story for them discussing business, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. So they're sort of there eating away and trying to chat about things, but not really there. And they kind of hear them, but it's not like they would be able to, or not kind of not, but kind of do. And it's like the, he say, Johnny Sack says that John, that uh, Rusty's like a cancer or whatever. And one of them recommends a doctor, uh, those sorts of things. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a great use of it. And, uh, Johnny basically makes like a personal plea, like appeals to, Tony's better nature and asks him to murder this person. And, uh, Tony, Tony agrees eventually. Yes. Yeah. And they, I, I haven't watched Godfather in a long time, but they have a hilarious, like what's Chris and Tony when they're talking about Godfather and it's like the offer you can't refuse, but then it's like, well, no, technically John's the father of the bride and he's supposed to not be able to refuse an offer. And they can't like, they're like, well, who, whose offer can't you refuse? Um, but I think the, the important thing too, with, uh, the Tony and Chris back and forth, cause even just initially watching it, Chris is talking to Tony way different than we've ever seen him do it before. Like he's, he seems more comfortable. He calls it a pussy ass move. Uh, and I think it does point to, this whole thing about, you know, perception and Tony is kind of being more, even though he's, they still are like, yeah, you're the boss. He's perceived as weaker because he got shot in the gut and almost died. <laughs> yeah. Although I have felt that this whole, well, maybe not this whole season, but lately in general, Christopher has been a bit uh, too big for his britches, even though he is a captain now and all, but he really, he still has like flex that he's a captain and like gets insecure <laughs> about things. But then, uh, so does, uh, all the other captains except Silvio, <laughs> except that one time Silvio did it. Um, so we move on to the big dance and, uh, it's actually, yeah, it seems like a really nice, fun time. Uh, again, continuing how Carmel and Tony are getting better along. They even have a slow dance there, yeah. um, which is quite nice. And then we just cut to Junior getting into this, uh, uh, home for people with problems. Yeah, it's fucking sad. It's 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 really uh it's really a bum out that cuz Junior I mean, for all his faults, whether it be when he tried to kill Tony, but cuz I still see people on like the Facebook groups and the Sopranos groups that are like T never should have even let him back in the circle after what he did. It's a bad move. You already tried to whack him. Uh and it's like but no, I mean, it was understood within the rationale of the show that he was kind of not so not so much manipulated, but you know it was more like Livia's hand there, and 
I don't know. I loved Tony and Junior together. That scene when he asked, don't you love me with the never had the makings of varsity athlete episode, you know, very emotional. And he's such a fun character. And it's it's coming to such a depressing conclusion, which I guess is kind of the norm for any mafia story. It's always supposed to be about the highs and the lows. But, you know, when he it does feel like he's junior here when he's in the room and he's like, why would I do like, why would I shoot my nephew? You know, it must have been something with the gun. It must have been this. And he's like pleading because he doesn't understand why he's, you know, like literally alone now. And he doesn't even have his previous lawyer that was at least like more of a friendly acquaintance, like connected guy. It's just this seemingly like court appointed dude. (laughs) And like, hey, you know, this is where you keep you. This is I'm actually and that guy's still kind of doing him a favor because at least he's here and he's not in a prison cell, but it's not a great place to be. Yeah, because Junior is getting desperate, saying like, if I did it, then it malfunctioned and, and everything. And like you said, this is him being a bit more lucid, even though he doesn't remember what happened. And uh, yeah, so but I was also thinking of the older lawyer, how he would have handled it and how this guy handles it. But it's just kind of like, you, he even, not only did he drive everyone away in his life, he also fired his lawyer for no apparent reason, just because he well, got mad and probably wasn't even totally there. Now, well, his lawyer had a stroke, remember? Then that was one oh, thing right. that... He- <laughs> So, like, it's just terrible all around. Like, one of the things, at least at this point in The Sopranos, is, like, uh, getting old is awful um, because, you know, you either go crazy, you turn on the people you love, you have a stroke, people don't want anything to do with you. Like, most of these threads, when you get old, it's not good news. Yeah, or you just get used for as a distraction <laughs> when someone's talking about murder. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're back at the wedding, and Tony has you know more fond looks at the i guess that they're cutting the cake at this point or no there's no sorry they're uh, allegra is dancing with johnny sack and tony looks over at meadow and i will say at this point meadow is definitely more uh teary-eyed and like oh and yeah. she's there with finn and it's like oh so this is definitely i feel like the earlier scene that sunk in at this point and now we're on the same page jim i feel you i feel you and i i do like that they sh- they take time in the episode to show these moments that with Johnny Sack, especially that it is genuine because you could just as easily have this be a thing for the character. Like when junior was just trying to go to funerals so he could get out of the house, like, because it almost could have just been a thing of like, okay, I I got some business to handle. I, we need to make sure this rusty hits going. So I'll use my daughter's wedding as a, as an out or something. But, uh, there's many times throughout the episode where you see that it is, it is a genuine thing here. And I mean, obviously, it does build up to his reaction at the end because between him just breaking down in front of everyone and just the, that scene of him having to back be, in, be back in your jail cell, like, it's almost got to be worse now because you had a taste of, like, not just a regular day of freedom, like, just hanging out at your house watching TV, like, one of the best memorable days when you're out with your family and now it's like, oh, yeah, remember an hour ago I was having wedding cake? And now I'm back in fucking jail. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so that starts to happen as they do have the cake cutting. And the marshals come up saying it's time to wrap this up. And his lawyer's even there saying, I tried. You can't get them to budge. It includes transport or whatever. So I kind of expected him to be gone in the next yeah. scene when they're sort of coming out there. Because obviously the party's still going. Uh, but it seems like he 
kind of pushed his luck here because he wanted to be here for this big moment. And, I mean, the marshals are being dicks, right? Because <laughs> they could have grabbed him a second later, like yeah. literally a second later. Uh, they're not just ruining John Johnny's day at that point. They're ruining the whole wedding and... For no reason in particular, unless they're, like, really thinking he's going to jump in the fucking just married <laughs> car and try to yeah. zoom out of there. Uh, I'm not totally sure why they time it so badly, other than let's make this as traumatic as possible for Johnny so he can start crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it almost seems like they're being dicks when they're like, all right, we got to go. And it's like the cake thing's happening, but it's not so bad. It's like, all right, well, fair enough. But, yeah, when you see that he's still there and it's at the point when they're like, yeah, they're just clapping them away to the car to drive away. It literally would have been like 20 seconds later. Right as the car drove away, they could have got him. But they have to like zip out in front of the car, hold everything up, make a big scene. And yeah, you know, it's it's funny, though, because with it being the Sopranos, it's like you're waiting for the like, okay, what is the moment that's going to happen? And they tease you a little bit where it's like, oh, they're going to make a big spectacle now during the cake eating uh, yeah. thing because you know something is going to happen like this but now they they kind of save it savor it like right up until the end uh and then yeah johnny has his has his breakdown uh and then what yeah Ginny passes out the bride has to like come running out of the limo and make sure her family's okay he's getting handcuffed so, uh, what? Well, actually, even before that, uh, Phil's great line, what, say hi to Don Ho for me or whatever, and everyone laughs. It's such a cheese ball like, bullshit moment. Just had to call that out. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to be talking about Tony and his shoes, so that's an upside <laughs> to all of this, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is just like the the Marshall car even like pulls up in front of their car as they're driving away. I think going on like the wrong side, the wrong way around in the roundabout as well, just because yeah. to kind of get in there. Like, oh, we got to get him right now, right now. And um, yeah, it really fucks up the situation. And uh, yeah, fucks up his rep as well, as we see in the next scene, as was heard in the intro to Cut to Black. It's such a great quote and a great line reading. Um, my estimation of John Sacrimony as a man has plummeted. <laughs> that's, yes. that's so great. Uh, and, and just the fact, too, going back to, um, like, how I was reading Chris talk to Tony, and yeah. even a little bit what I was talking about last episode, or maybe it was the episode before, of, like, you know, you got one boss that's in jail that's kind of powerless in a weird way, and then at the time you had Tony in the hospital, like it's definitely like the vultures are going to start to circle because just the fact that they're out in the open talking like this is yeah. kind of a statement in and of itself. It's not like, it's not Phil just saying it to Tony, maybe pulling him to the side and being like, are you serious? Or even to just one of his guys in his group. It's like, this is like everyone just gathered around and he's just yelling about how Johnny's at it <laughs> at the celebration that John's paying for yelling about how he's like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like this is pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. And my assumption at the time was kind of like, I guess Tony's just going to have to pull out of this whole murdering rusty thing because like it's, 
Like it, it seems like this is like the the death blow for Johnny Sachs. Yeah. Uh, it seems like because he's already like locked away and probably going to be for a long time. And then his rep takes a hit. I mean, when you're in, when you're in, you can ask ASAP about this. But when you're on the inside, <laughs> uh, your rep can at least go up. You get presidents tweeting about you, all sorts. But as soon as you're out crying, ah, no one wants to see it. No yeah. one wants to take orders for you anymore, ASAP. Nope, no one wants that. Uh, oh, and we didn't mention, but Vito. Did leave the wedding early. Um, his wife does have a comment like he kind of always gets like this at weddings. Because, right. I mean, it's just got to be a stark reminder that, like, you're not quite living you know, or you, you don't have what these people have. Because whether it be you're straight or gay or whatever, like, never mind just being single at a wedding. But you start getting all emotional. Like, how come I don't have that? I don't have, like, someone when it, when they're saying their vows and whether it be true or not, when it's like, oh, you're the one I found and... This is so romantic. Poor Vito doesn't have that. I mean, he's married, but he clearly doesn't have that connection that he's looking for. So he leaves. Yeah, poor Vito's (laughs) wife who goes home and watches a romantic film (laughs) uh, to kind of get some of that that buzz going. (laughs) And Vito goes out to make some collections, quote unquote. Uh, So, yeah, you know, poor Vito. He's he's really the one who's uh, getting the rough end of the deal here, right? Vito is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Very true. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Because I was just saying from his point of view, but like. You know, even if you're just in a loveless marriage, I'm sure it amplifies everything when you're in an environment like that. And it's got to be tough to kind of have it in the back of your mind. Um, yeah. Then we have what? Tony and Carmen Bed. She makes the statement, what we've been very lucky. I forget specifically what she's getting at here. Uh, the house, the kids. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. And the hospital and everything. And like Johnny Sack, obviously, they just saw that whole breakdown. So. They're kind of like, oh, we still have all of this, and you're out of hospital, and he's not out of jail. And Tony says, like, you make your own luck in house. My main takeaway from this scene was because we haven't seen it in a while. I'm like, God, their bedroom is fucking gaudy, isn't it? Like they have pillars, <laughs> and I know this has been the same for years. Yeah, yeah. But like pillars with big pillar-like vases of flowers. This big painting on the wall. These ugly ass lamps. <laughs> uh, it's really bad, and it makes me think, oh, it's probably a good thing that. Uh, um, but Carmela didn't get to build that spec house <laughs> and didn't get to decorate it because no one would have bought it with all those pillars all over the place. Yes, yeah. And then as we ta- as I mentioned, we have the scene where Johnny has to go back to his cell and it's kind of back to reality here uh, after being out. And then we go to one of the most like cliche gay clubs you'd ever see. Uh, yeah. Almost, I guess. I mean, I'm sure a club like this has to exist, but it's almost homophobic in itself just having this be the environment <laughs> in a weird way right <laughs> like um, is it just yeah, to, I mean, is it just to completely squash any doubt like if it was just like a more more normal i mean i don't want to say normal i guess but if it was just like a regular gay club and you know just a bunch of gay guys and they weren't all wearing leather would there be at least plausible deniability that Vito's like, oh, I just came in for a drink or something? Like, does it have to be that he's in a leather hat and wearing, like, pulling a guy by a by a leash? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely leading into it. We can say that. He's, he's really leading into uh, it uh, in this scene. The club is as well in its decor and everything. But, uh, yeah, you're probably right. It, I mean... Look, some people do love to lean into it, though I will say none of the gay bars I've been to look <laughs> like this. But yeah. then I could just be going to the shit gay clubs. That's also yeah. a possibility. I mean, I'm probably being more harsh saying, like, it's too over the top. Because, again, I'm sure they're, like, 
50% of gay clubs are this. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. so then we have uh, Sal. Uh, I like, it's just kind of some of these nobodies, like that we, as far as we're concerned anyways, these New York nobodies. And Vito's there. He's got a guy almost by a leash. He's like dancing, whipping his arms around, having a good old time, getting all that, uh, getting all that uh, sexual energy out from the wedding. And he runs into Sal and he tries to like play it off a little bit. Like, hey, it's just a joke, man. Like, don't even <laughs> worry about it. Yeah, but uh, he has a shit cover story. He never thought that this might happen yes, ever. Because yeah. he's like, it's just a joke. Come on. And they're like, sure, Jan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he, he goes home and grabs a knife. Uh, oh, sorry, a knife? A gun. Sorry, <laughs> this is America. He, he grabs a gun. And I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go and find these guys and kill them. But yeah. that's not the case. No, no, yeah, because I was, I, I had the same thought, like, uh oh, he, he's gonna pull like a big pussy where you have to show up at Elvis's house, and uh, <laughs> and kill him before he says that he saw him at the, and that was just he saw him at what the department store, uh, with someone from that he said was from Dover, uh, yes. that was actually his informant, but we he goes on the he basically lambs it goes to a motel, uh, they do call out that they're playing this three bells song which they also yes. played in the previous episode. They played the first verse in the previous episode when uh, I think Barone was like rowing under that bridge. Uh, That's and, right. Yeah, because I immediately thought like I've heard this recently. Dude, I thought it was maybe in a movie or something. But exactly. obviously it was because it's pretty prominently featured in the previous episode too. And now it comes in. And now when he goes into the motel room, I'm like 90% he's going to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. That doesn't happen either. <laughs> well, it's funny because I thought the same thing. I was like, what did I see this in? I was like, this must have been in Breaking Bad or something. Yes. So I'm like Googling the song like, oh, what what show was this in? I was like, oh, yeah, it was in the fucking Sopranos, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious because, yeah, I watched uh, Bad Times at the El Royale and there's a film where someone goes into a motel room and I'm like, I swear this was the same song. No, it was just in the previous episode. <laughs> um so he calls uh silvio to just kind of ask what's up or something and uh it's just to check if he's heard i guess but uh yeah he's but, just, yeah, he, he's just yeah. feeling him out he's trying to see if word got out i mean i guess he's kind of thinking it would be that fast but he you know he's like hey what it is what do you say uh how's tony doing just checking in silvio's obviously annoyed it's three three in the morning but yeah. at least he knows that for now the word hasn't reached at least Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's only like five minutes left of the episode, but we still have the greatest ending uh, oh, left. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, Tony, we get a quick scene with Melfi where he... <laughs> sometimes, uh, this is like classic Sopranos of Melfi saying something where he's like, yeah... Yeah, and goes and does something that she definitely would not approve of. Yeah, uh, where she just says "fake it till you make it" or whatever, you know, just act as if. Um, and he's like, "Hmm, I could act as if," and comes up with this brilliant plan of how to act as if. Yeah, the build-up's great because the way it's shot. I mean, obviously, we, we cut to Tony's point of view a lot. Is he's kind of sizing people up, uh, and it harkens back to uh, Feach's good old jail story of. You know, what you do when you first get into prison and you look for the biggest, uh, well, I think he says biggest, blackest guy. Uh, but Tony's, yeah, sizing everyone up between, you know, are they a credible threat? And also, I guess, I think 
I mean, Muscles has obviously got the muscles, but I think he also kind of is, as we saw early in the episode, he's a hothead where he would fight back because maybe even some of the other guys, even if like Bobby's a big dude, would Bobby necessarily fight back just because Tony was talking shit and like maybe what sucker punched him? This for? Yeah. I'm sorry about the trains, Tony. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. My great impression. But yeah, I know he wouldn't fight back. Yeah, I guess in retrospect, that is what's happening. But him looking at all the muscles in slow motion, yeah. it's kind of. Homoerotic in a nice yeah. way. Yeah, um, I mean that that's, that's got to play there too because even with the with other stuff going on in the episode. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, and like um, he was talking a lot in the car with muscles about like Benchin and everything, and and he also we didn't mention it, but when he goes into his medical facts earlier, he's like, it's a fucking uh, bummer that uh, it eats away at your muscle, not your fat, when you're in a hospital cell. Mm. So now I'm just a big ball of fat and all of that. And everyone else has short sleeves, and he's got kind of longer sleeves there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it is to, to size him up, I guess, but is it to, like, get the <clears> biggest <throat> opponent? Or is it just because... Because when I first watched it, I was more, like, thinking it's more, like, uh, we're all big, tough men. I got to be a big, tough man kind of thing. But maybe he is picking who to pick a fight with. Yeah, well, I think that's definitely there as well. But, yeah, to, to me, I totally read it as he's really, like kind of sizing people up on you know who's a credible threat and like how it's going to look to uh in front of like the rest of the gang because like everyone's there and this is a nice public show that he's about to do here yeah and muscles is great uh great choice because um he's new like no one cares if he beats up muscles and it also makes sense because they probably know he didn't fuck with the <laughs> fridge door or whatever but this is also just classic tony yes where he would beat someone up just because he's angry and it's hilarious that in the past that's been like oh he's he's a real he's a he's muscles marinari he's a hothead we kind of got to watch out for tony he's not stable and now it's like I got to make sure they know I'm not stable or <laughs> like or something might go wrong. So, yeah, he gives him a punch and uh, he muscles gets back up and kind of tries to fight him. And Tony, to his credit, uh, beats the shit out of him. So well done, Tony. Yeah, yeah. He, he hit first. He hits him kind of with a sucker punch, knocks him down. And then everyone like takes a moment and they even like, don't do it. Don't do it because they know muscles kind of goes back at him. But Tony catches his arm slams him against the fridge for slamming the door and then you know hits him with some shots to the body like knees him in the groin i guess punches him in the face um it's it is pretty great it's it's such a great ending i have seen some recent comments um going back to like some of the facebook groups or whatever where i saw some people being like this is so cringe like muscles would kill tony and, like, I mean, I guess you can argue that, but I don't feel like it's that implausible that Tony beats him up here. And maybe that's my yeah. naivete, but I get that muscle. He's a, he's, he's a young, you know, jack dude, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's, like, the toughest guy, you know? Yeah, Tony's fought more people easily. Yeah. To- or, or, like, I would even believe if they said, like, Muscles fought, like... I mean, he is a hothead, so he probably fought some people. But Tony's fought people probably to the death. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Ralphie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, um, 
I, I, I totally uh, believed it as well, but it has the perfect button on it. Like, if he just kind of dusted off his shoulder and that was the end of the episode, you'd go like, well, this is fucking bullshit wish fulfillment, but I love the the actual ending of him going to the bathroom, immediately spurting throw up all over the place, which is also, like, red, probably some internal bleeding caused by this uh, show he had to make. But then when he gets back up and looks in the mirror, he's, like, fucking grinning. He's like, yeah. <laughs> showed him. But then he throws up again, yes. so it's another reversal. I love that. Uh, it's, it is great. Um, yeah, he has a little grin, like, ha-ha, I still got it. <laughs> you know, good old yes. tea. <laughs> and then, yeah, he starts throwing up again. And, yeah, it is like he's, like, throwing up blood or something here and it's kind of the nice like ceiling point of view uh you know tony like the big tough guy but he's on a heap in the bathroom floor throwing up it's 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 perfect it's great yes very good and uh yeah like we said this is the return to the sopranos feels like after uh a sort of stint in you know hospital the sopranos uh, where you know scrubs and the sopranos came together and formed like a brilliant sort of i'm in a hospital room get visited by all these kooky characters making friends with my hospital neighbors like that was kind of a different show and now it's like oh this is familiar again and this is a great way to launch us back into that uh and presumably we'll stay in that space for the rest of the season yes absolutely so yeah great episode um if you have any thoughts on it you can send them over to shows which you know show at gmail.com and of course, we greatly appreciate uh, reviews, uh, Cut to Black, on Apple Podcasts or your other podcatcher. But if you, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, uh, please just log in and submit us a review. It, it helps the show uh, tremendously. As many people might not realize, if you have an iPhone, you already have an account. It's very quick yeah. and easy to leave a review. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, like if you're Windows scum, like me, <laughs> you could just uh, use any old computer will work. So you just go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd love you for it forever. Uh, and we might hunt you down if you don't. So bear that in mind. And of course, showswhatyouknow.com, where you can find all our other programming. Uh, remember Blank Meets Blank, the one we shoved down your throat by putting it in this feed? Uh, there's a new episode out where we combined... <laughs> I don't know if this will sell it to the Sopranos crowd, but we combine uh, Gilmore Girls uh, with the concept of clickbait. And in an hour, me and Jim here, we brainstormed the whole concept for a television show about a heartwarming family vlog. So I just realized I may have lowered the chances that you'll check out Blank Meets Blank. Uh, But it is quite good and quite funny as well, if I do say so myself. So you'll find that at showswhatyouknow.com. And if you want, you can always leave a review for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, I guess there's just one more thing left to say. Oh, Jim, whatever could it be? Cut to black. <laughs>